And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. I've been saying that now for a year and a half. I have not gotten tired of it. That's just... Uh, I, I don't, by the way, people ask all the time, they, like, like, what's your show about? Well, it's solid, conservative, and just plain right. And they always, like, smile, and it tells them everything. I, I just, just Anyway, good stuff. All right. Uh, hey, um, listen, by the way, if you want to call or text in, the number is 833-687-4448. Text lines are wide open. Text lines are going crazy, by the way. They are, I don't know. I can't even get through all these. Uh, Missy from Falkmore goes, why does Biden even have a think tank? That's a great question. Um, uh, we got, uh, John from Brownsboro. Biden has a lot of skeletons. He needed to maintain more closet space. Oh, that's, he's saying that's why he still had the office over there. Cause he has a lot of skeletons he had to hide. Um, and then, uh, uh, yeah. Paul from Athens points out that Kay Ivey did have an ad. I believe she had an ad during the campaign season said, Joe Biden, bless his heart. And that's, <laughs> I forgot about that, but she did. Um, uh, G.I. Joe from Birmingham says, uh, kind of like when I say something to an officer is enlisted, as long as I say sir at the end of it, I'm good to go, right? <laughs> yeah, I've had I've had a few of those over the years. Uh, Roger that, sir. We can uh, uh, we can certainly go down that road if you really want to, sir. Um, okay, thanks, Sergeant. Um, Raven from Russellville. We all know that Joe Biden can't find his backside with both hands. I won't read it his way. We all know Joe Biden can't find his backside with both hands on a roadmap. How in the world does he find the Corvette? Um, I, you know, by the way, I still find, by the Boomer, I still find it to be deeply ironic that the man who is pushing the Green New Deal does not own a single electric vehicle and his hobby vehicle is a gas-guzzling Corvette. Gas-guzzling Corvette. Gas-guzzling Corvette. Yep, Just, and that's the one right now that's posted everywhere on oh, social yeah. media is his gas guzzling Corvette, and he's like, "Gotta go EV." By the way, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't fault the guy for having a gas guzzling Corvette. Oh no, I'm, I'm, I, it's awesome. I mean, I, you know, I just, I, nice, I still have my my dream car, my dream car, 1970 Mustang Mach One, 351 Cleveland Hearst top loader, four speed. Ooh. Yeah, come on, Grabber Blue. By the way, is my favorite color of all of them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, and I'm okay with it being a gas guzzler. Does he even have an EV that's at all? I, that's what I just said. He doesn't have it. He doesn't, he doesn't have, have one. No, not one. He has five vehicles, apparently, uh, two of which are classic cars. One's a Corvette. Uh, of course, he has the Beast that he drives in because the president is not going to ride in a... I mean, have, you, have you ever seen the Beast, his limousine? I'm not sure how we got off on this. No, I, I have not. Uh, uh, pulling so, it up right so, now. So the beast, and we don't know what all it has capabilities for, but my, my understanding is the doors are so heavy because they're bulletproof Ooh. and blastproof lined. The doors are so heavy, it's it's almost a crew serve door. Like it, you know, like you have to. That that door is gonna. That door is a honker, and um, but the beast has run flat tires. Uh, it's it's encased in, in bulletproof. Uh, uh, you know, all the way around, windows included, uh, underside. All of it. It's designed to. Oh, you got. Oh, there's a layout. He's got a schematic. Yeah. And is that thing an EV? No. <laughs> if they no. charged that thing up, how long do you think it would last with that much weight being hauled around? Not long. I mean, <laughs> no, not going to happen. So yeah, uh, the irony there is that the uh, Biden administration pushes, pushes, pushes us to electronic electric vehicles. Man. 
just clapping and waving their hands when states like California say, we're going to get rid of all those gas gunner vehicles. It's all new vehicles are going to be electric uh, by the year 2035. <sighs> sure, that's going to happen. Right, buddy. Uh, <laughs> but then at <laughs> the same time, what does he have in his garage? His favorite vehicle. He, wants, he probably wants to be buried in it. I mean, it's just, he's, he, and I will say this, I, I'm a classic car guy. So, I, I love the fact that the president has a, a classic uh, Corvette. I, I'm good with it. But it is, if somebody were to say, Mr. President, Mr. President, I'm sorry, uh, you're going to have to convert that to electric. Would he do it, do you think, Boomer? I mean, I don't know if he would. Do you I think- don't think he would convert it to electric. I'm surprised that, uh, I mean, again, I'm just surprised that he hasn't just gotten another EV just for show, at least, for himself. Yeah, I mean, can can we can we have the president being driven around in a uh, what's is it Nissan made the Leaf, <laughs> Nissan Leaf, Nissan Leaf, and then or a Toyota Prius? <laughs> can you see it? They, Chevy Volt. They have the Beast and then they have the Pixie. <laughs> the, the, the Pixie. Yeah. Which one is the end of date? The, yeah. the the Pixie. POTUS is on the move, uh, moving to the Pixie. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> oh Lord. Where does this stuff come from? <laughs> this is what happens when Phil needs more coffee. Ooh, I'm just saying. All right, That's we're going to come back from the break here in a minute. We're going to jump right into the next topic, hashtag AL politics. Lots of things happening in the political realm here in the state of Alabama. You may want to hear um, how Alabama is about to start dominating the committees on armed services and Department of Homeland Security. I'm loving this. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, covering down on the ground across the great state of Alabama. I'm talking about this show is way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back over to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, and Mississippi, thrown in just for good measure. So, hashtag AL politics. If you're on social media, uh, like follow me on Twitter if you want to. That's where I do most of my personal stuff is on Twitter, although this show is also on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, but if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Sin, that's S-E-N, at Sin Phil Williams. Um, and uh, I'm on there pretty much daily uh, doing stuff and saying things and snarking. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, hashtag AL politics. So if you're wondering, you know, okay, hey, what's happened in the political realm in Alabama? You can go into your social media platform and type in that, hashtag AL politics. I do it all lowercase. And you wind up finding the trends, the stories, the things that are happening um, that you might want to just grab hold of and get a feel for what's going on in the political environment around your great state of Sweet Home Alabama. 
Story here on 1819 News by our friend Will Blakely. Will's been on the show several times. Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall joined the coalition condemning the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, for decisions to lift restrictions on abortion pills. So if you haven't heard, you know, already everybody knows we're a very pro-life state when it comes to our laws. We even took steps to see that embedded into our state constitution. And yet, in an effort to make sure they kill as many babies as possible, the Biden administration is directing its regulatory authorities to authorize the use of um, prescriptions by mail for birth for abortion medications. There's, there's two news. It says, Earlier this month, the FDA altered regulations about two abortion medications, uh, mefapristone, mefapristone and mesoprostol. Um, Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall joined a group of 22 attorneys general in a letter to the commissioner of the Food and Drug Administration to condemn its recent decision to abandon restrictions on certain pills used in abortions. In other words, the FDA had to go and change their regulatory uh, um, efforts. They had to change basically the the letter of the law, if you will, through regulatory. Let me take that back. That's not a law. Had to change their regulations. To allow birth control, not birth control, but abortion medication to be mailed. I feel like I'm stumbling my way through this. Could you, we we need to, could somebody please give me a shot of adrenaline? Here we go. All right. (laughs) The change now allows brick and mortar pharmacies to ship the drugs through the mail. However, we're a pro-life state where abortion has been, abortion on demand has been outlawed. And so the idea that they're going to mail abortion medication to you clearly puts something into the jurisdiction of our laws that is not supposed to be there. Well, the Attorney General says the authority to regulate abortion lies with the people and their elected representatives. In our states, this is all 19 or 22 of them, in our states, we prioritize the health and safety of women and children, and our laws reflect this. And in many states, including Alabama, elective abortion is illegal. Our states will not yield to the administrations, that's the Biden administrations, radical pro-abortion policies. So yeah, there's our Attorney General. Uh, saying that, you know, the laws are what the laws are. If you don't like the laws here, then you can live somewhere else if you want to, but the laws are here that you don't mail abortion medication to citizens of Alabama. And, and, and you know, it's just, it boggles my mind. It's like there's this, this, this kind of weird desire to end as many babies' lives as possible is what it feels like. And, and it's, just, it's, just, it's just gross. It's unseemly. It's insidious. And now they're trying to send it to you through the mail, like a magazine subscription. Hey, what do you need there? We can send it to you in a plain brown wrapper. Nobody will know. Whatever. All right. Um, you have a new Secretary of State. So for the last eight years, the Secretary of State of the State of Alabama has been John Merrill. Uh, I believe John Merrill did a pretty decent job. There were some things that John Merrill, um, uh, that people have, have taken issue with, one of which is, uh, we were enrolled in a thing called the ERIC system. This is all voter integrity stuff. The ERIC system stands for Electronic Registration Information Center. It's a means by which allegedly data is collected across state lines that should provide warnings in the event that someone is voting in more than one jurisdiction. Like, hey, they live in Rome, Georgia, but they also voted in Cherokee County, Alabama, just you know, 10 minutes away. Well, um, hmm, that could be a problem. However, there have been a lot of claims, a lot of concerns that the ERIC system is really a means of creating databases 
for Democrats, and that it was funded in part by George Soros. <laughs> well, I, I, I can see it. It says, as his first official act in office, Alabama's Secretary of State, Wes Allen, has officially withdrawn the state from Eric, keeping a promise he made on the campaign trail. By the way, I love that. I love the fact he said, this is what I'm going to do. And he got in there, and on day one, he did it. He said, I, this is Wes Allen. He says, I made a promise to the people of Alabama that ending our state's relationship with the Eric organization would be my first official act as Secretary of State. I came into the office after being sworn in yesterday, and I signed the letter to Eric, notifying them that Alabama is no longer a participant. The relationship between Alabama and Eric is finally over. So, yeah, there's 33 states and the District of Columbia that are all members of this voting system that gathers up data and helps to allegedly maintain accurate voter rolls. But here's the thing. Wes Allen said, providing the private information of Alabama citizens, including underage minors, to an out-of-state organization is troubling to me and to people that I heard from as I traveled the state for the last 20 months. He said, that is no longer a concern because the data uploads of that information from Alabama to Eric is over. Um, and he called it a Democrat-controlled database. So there you have it. Brand new sheriff in town. Got the job of Secretary of State, which, you know, if you're not familiar, Secretary of State deals with a ton of stuff, not the least of which is he's the chief election officer for the entire state of Alabama. So when 5.1 million people uh, are affected by the polls, it's good to know you got the right person in charge. And uh, so Wes Allen is there. And uh, the first thing he did was keep a campaign promise. Got to love that. All right. The committee assignments are out for members of the House. So we've got a – I'm going to tell you right now, y'all, I think we scored. Um, regardless of how you feel about the outcome of certain elections, you know, whether you wanted this person, that person, or your person didn't even make it past the primary or whatever, regardless of how you feel, you got to love the fact that our representation on key committees in the state of Alabama is pretty solid. Right now, brand spanking new Congressman Dale Strong from uh, the Huntsville area. Congressman Dale Strong, former county commissioner, has landed spots on two major committees. And these are not small. These are the fact that he's on both of these. So he is now a sitting member of House Armed Services and Department of Homeland Security committees. Um, that gives us great representation. Because, I'll grab the next story and just have it in my hand here. He is serving alongside the chairman of House Armed Services, which is Alabama's Congressman Mike Rogers. So that's big doings. So Redstone Arsenal, I can think right now, think about their districts. Uh, if you think about it, Dale Strong's district, of course, is the northern tier of the state, uh, Huntsville being the, the hub, but it has, you know, Decatur and Redstone Arsenal, all that. And then Mike Rogers, uh, he has um, – from like Calhoun County where Anderson is running down the side of the state, the, the east side of the state, uh, down towards Lee County where Auburn is, and I think over towards Pike Road in that area. That means that Mike Rogers probably has Anderson Army Depot, uh, the former Fort McClellan, uh, the National Guard Training Center at Fort McClellan, and um, maybe part of Maxwell Air Force Base in his district, and, of course, Dale Strong, now has uh, Redstone Arsenal. And we now have both those members, one of whom is the chairman of House Armed Services. That's great representation for us. That is nothing but good for us. 
And you know what that does too? That also gives us some clout when it comes time for the decision about what happens with Space Command. So as the final word on Space Command is still being, you know, held back for reasons that uh, I'm concerned to talk about, the, the, the truth of the matter is we, we have got um, two members of that committee who have great influence and a personal stake in the outcome. And, uh, and I love that. By the way, I will point out too, Representative Mike Rogers, uh, there are many who credit him as being one of those who is the reason why we have a separate space force now. Uh, Rogers and uh, what was then ranking Democrat member Jim Cooper of Tennessee, uh, they were two of the members who lobbied to get a separate branch of the military called Space Force, and they helped write the language uh, that uh, established Space Corps, or their offices did, and they, they, they supported it um, for the 2018 uh, National Defense Authorization Act. So when, when Trump passed it and talked about it, uh, my recollection was Trump even touted Mike Rogers. There was even talk for a while there about Mike Rogers being the secretary of the Space Force, much like we have a civilian secretary for each of the others. I don't know who the civilian secretary is right now. Um, but anyway, there was talk for a while there about it being Mike Rogers, but I think he's in the stronger position right now with being the chair of House Armed Services. Have I got a caller on the line, bud? I do. Let me jump over there and grab that before I run out of time. I got about a minute and a half. John from Huntsville. John, how you doing? I'm doing well. Hope you're doing as uh, well. Uh, well, also. I'm I'm good, sir. I'm um, good. What's on your mind? Good. I part of that article that you were uh, talking about the Eric system. Yeah. Um, I, and not that I have a problem with withdrawing from it, but one of the things that I thought I heard you read was that it was sharing information of. Underage minors. Yeah. My I, question is, is how are we sharing underage minor information if it's only registered voters? Uh, because in the state of Alabama, uh, the age of majority is 19, but you can vote at 18. Ah, 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 ah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, I wasn't connecting the dots. I'm. No, nope, uh, that's exactly what okay. it is. And they're so, you know, they're, they're basically, they're old enough to join the military and vote, but they can't have a beer. Uh, or be emancipated from their parents yet, uh, unless they're in the military. Or sign so. a contract, or, or, yeah, si- exactly. or enter into a contract. Yeah, or buy a house okay. or whatever, right. Um, yeah, I'm 52. I forget these things. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> good enough, man. That's exactly what it was. All right. I hey, appreciate it. Hey, Thank John, you. thanks for the call. All right, Boomer, take us to a break. We'll do that. We'll come right back. We're going to stick with hashtag AL politics for a little bit more. I got some more. Like, what's the city of Birmingham doing? Um How many months can you get off if you have a baby? Interesting. Hmm. Homicide rates are super high, but it's also important that you have months off of work. All right, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back. We are back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative and just plain right, making it cool to be a conservative. So um, continuing with hashtag AL politics, things happening in the political realm right here in your hometowns. All right, 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 Chanda, right, Chanda in your very own backyard. So um, 
couple things. You remember the other day we had uh, former Congressman Mo Brooks on the show. He broke a story and was sort of calling out his um, his uh, you know former uh, peers in the uh, in the Congress with regards to a apparent thirty nine percent pay raise that got slipped into some. I, I don't know how to describe it, say administrative documentation that sort of lays the foundation for how Congress runs, which includes pay scales. Well, uh, almost like a one-line amendment was made in the dark of night uh, where Congress got a 39% pay raise. And now, granted, I know it's expensive to, to live up there. I know it's expensive to go back and forth. But they signed up for it, and so Congressman Mo Brooks's point was they signed up for it. They knew going in what the pay was. And he said, yeah, it's hard, but, you know, there it is. Well, Congressman Jerry Carl, who is still a member of the U.S. delegation uh, from Mobile. So Jerry Carl did an interview on uh, Jeff Poor's channel, uh, FM Talk 106.5, with uh, midday host uh, Sean Sullivan. And apparently he said, in his belief, if— if Mo Brooks was still up in D.C., he'd be basically clapping and yelling and thanking uh, everybody for getting this pay raise done. And so he disagrees completely with Mo's assessment. Um, he thinks it's uh, because it's expensive. He says basically, you don't, you don't want a bunch of people out there having to live out of their offices. And by the way, I know that happens because it happened in Montgomery, too. It's, ex- it's, it's exceedingly expensive. It was one of the factors Charlene and I had to decide about when we decided not to run for office again because it's expensive to go back and forth and to get a hotel room or have alternative living space, whatever. Jerry Carl, though, he's not at all ashamed about getting a 39% pay raise overnight without having it voted on on the House floor. He thinks that was a great idea. I think Jerry Carl might need to rethink that. I mean, it at least sound a little bit like, you know, like, wow, that happened? Huh, I better look into this. No, he just goes, yeah, if Mo was here, he'd like it. Okay. Uh, U.S. Representative Robert Adderholt also got a major chairmanship. He's going to chair an appropriations subcommittee on non-defense government spending. So literally, 1819 News reports, U.S. Representative Robert Adderholt, who has the 4th Congressional District, uh, which is where we are sitting right now, has been picked to chair the Labor, Health, and Human Services and Education Subcommittee of House Appropriations. Adderholt says as chairman of the committee, he'll be laser-focused on cutting back government spending. He says it's an honor to have been chosen to chair this important appropriations subcommittee. Um, and it has the largest amount of non-defense discretionary spending of any committee in Congress. Outside of House Armed Services, the next biggest batch of money that gets spent that is not already earmarked comes through the committee being chaired by our other senior congressman from Alabama. So that's, that's two major chairmanships um, for uh, Alabama and then you also had like Dale Strong on Homeland Security and on uh, House Armed Services. And you've got Barry Moore, WSFA, reports as of yesterday. Representative Barry Moore, uh, my friend from days in the state legislature who is now in Congress, has been on the show a couple times. Uh, says Republican Barry Moore has now received an appointment to the House Judiciary Committee. That's going to be chaired by Jim Jordan. That's the committee, one of the committees that's going to be doing the investigations. Um, of the Biden administration and of, uh, you know, irregularities with elections and um, enforcing um, the uh, ability to uh, have our laws applied correctly. So, yeah, congratulations to Representative, uh, or excuse me, yeah, Representative Barry Moore uh, from the 2nd Congressional District of Alabama. By the way, I have no idea 
what committees Terry Sewell and Jerry Carl are sitting on. Um, and Gary Palmer, uh, by the way, is the chairman. Last I checked, he's still the chairman of the House uh, GOP Policy Committee, which means he's one of the ones helped set their agenda. So that's just good stuff, man. I think Alabama is firmly represented. Now, within Alabama politics, you've got municipalities. And one of the ones that always jumps out to me is what liberal mayor Randall Woodfin is doing. So liberal mayor Randall Woodfin, the guy who wants to legalize marijuana and provides uh, blanket pardons for everybody who's been convicted of minor drug offenses in the city of Birmingham since 1992. He recently, uh, he's been touting, he's gave a speech to the, uh, the Kiwanis Club of Birmingham where he announced in his State of the State, excuse me, State of the City address, uh, a new policy that will offer, and, and by the way, this feels excessive to me, so if it doesn't to you, excuse me, but it does does us to me. Mothers and fathers of the more than 3,000 employees, if you are a mother, a new mother or a new father, you can apply for, you ready? Three months of paid leave. Boomer, three months. Three months is a long time. Three months. 12 weeks. Wow. Am I doing my math right? 12 weeks? Yes, three months. Says Liberal Mayor Randall Woodfin, a new policy offering 12-week parental leave. The city's more than 3,000 employees will be eligible effective immediately for 12 weeks of paid leave if they experience the birth of a child or accept a child to adopt or foster or they experience a, uh, a miscarriage That's more than, after more than 20 weeks of pregnancy. It says, under this new policy, an employee will not have to take sick time. And by the way, I don't mind, I don't mind parental leave. I, I, I think it's a new trend. You know, it, it never used to be that the dads got parental leave, but now they do. And I don't mind it being, you know, give them a two to three weeks. Three months? Is there going to be anybody at city services that we can call when our water bill needs to be adjusted? I mean, for the love, three months. Let's hope they don't all have babies at the same general time, right? All right, folks. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Coming right back, we got the Grand Council with Jeff Poor and Dale Jackson. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. 